The Zamzo's Garden Show is sponsored by Zamzo's. The views, opinions, and advice offered by the show's hosts do not necessarily reflect those of KBOI or its parent company, Cumulus Media. KBOI makes no representations as to the accuracy of the information expressed and shall not be responsible or liable for any claims arising out of the use of or reliance upon any such information. What kind of seeds are you sowing? Why is it so green where you're from? It must be Zamzo's growing in your yard, garden, or barn. You've done it right, you see it. Got the help that you needed. Zamzo's really makes you want to come home. I'm coming home. Cause nobody knows. Like Zamzo's. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on News Talk KBOI. To be a part of the show, call now, 1-800-529-KBOI or 336-3700. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on the Big 670 KBOI. Good morning, and thanks for joining us on the Zamzo's Show. Uh, I'm your host, Joss Zamzo, and I'm joined by Chris Owings and Corey McClymans. Uh, the, the, the three of us uh, have actually been to some of the biggest pet shows in the country in the last little bit here, and, and we've seen a lot of really cool trends in every type of pet. And today's show, a pre-recorded show, is going to be just about what we've seen, the trends, what's hot and interesting and new starting off in small animal but we're also going to talk about what's cool and new in aquariums that we've seen uh, and also in dog dog foods dog treats dog toys and the same with cat so we've got a lot to cover uh, and uh, and and so I think for the purposes of getting going uh, 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 we'll start small Corey <laughs> we'll start small with small animal the stuff that we saw in small animal and so what are, which animals are are we talking about when we say small animal? So the animals are small. You know, we're talking <laughs> hamsters, mice, um, guinea pigs, rabbits, ferrets, right. things like that. Right. Um, but really, the thing I was most excited about in small animal wasn't small at all. Right. Um, one of our biggest complaints is that we haven't had anything large enough. And I think we really found some some habitats that really provide the space that these animals need. You yeah. Know, to be I, happy and healthy. I think it's really been industry-wide, Corey. It's been, you know stores have shelf limits you know you and you can't there's only so bit so much of a cage that you can have on your shelf so what what people have been forced to do is build cages mm -hmm. uh, that are big enough long term you know they buy something small uh, and they kind of get by and then they're forced to try to build one and the hardest part is that skill set of you know go out into the garage and throw together some two by fours with some that's going away like mm -hmm. regular folks don't have the ability to build stuff in their garage anymore well, and who's got the time right and they're living in apartments and so they really need an out-of-the-box solution that's big enough for them uh, and we we talked to a couple of of uh, of people that were experts in the field that suggested long term eight square feet eight to ten square feet is what a lot of these animals need to, to really be able to move around and, and have a, a fulfilling life yeah even for something like a guinea pig you know and they're really pretty small right and and most cages on the shelf are are somewhere between three to five square feet At max best. 
right? Mm-hmm. So, so something bigger. So you you found a, a great solution uh, uh, that you were excited about. The one I was most excited about is a it's a unit that you can buy separate smaller pieces and really connect them however you want. So if you want them to wrap around the corner of a room, you can. Um, they're eight square feet at a minimum, right? And then you can add hutches at the end of one and different elevated platforms. But they really, you could you could have them expand across the whole room. And we're not talking about the little plastic tubes like <laughs> when I was a kid. We're talking about actual cage space mm-hmm. where they can get up and move around, and there's air movement. And th- these are bigger enclosures and and designed smart for the first time. You know, there's top entrance you can clean and maintain yeah. easy. You can fill the food a lot easier. And, and really give these animals the space they need. You know, right. being trapped in a too small of area would would be rough. Yeah, and and it just lends to you know poor quality of life. The animals aren't happy. They they nip at you and mm-hmm. and all the rest of that. So so we saw that for some of the bigger small animals. I mm-hmm. mean, from ferrets and and all the rest of that. There's all kinds of cool stuff there. But but what about uh, uh, you know some of the smaller small animals? Even those, the trend's going the same way. You know, where for, for a hamster, the cage they're recommending is three to four feet long. And, right. and we've got some of those that are really well built. And they're not, you know, you mentioned the tubes. Yeah. And those primary colors really aren't in fashion anymore. <laughs> right. right. These things look more like furniture. You know, they're in gray tones and um, really sharp looking. Right. You know, it doesn't look like a, a preschool just to have a hamster. So I think... Uh, over the last few years, not so much just at these shows, I've noticed just the quality of, of the food itself, the, the forage that's available and any of the treats and, and stuff like that. This is all just, I mean, we're getting rid of dyes mm-hmm. um, and we're bringing back, you know, whole seeds and, and things that are going to give them some, something to do. I was blown away by the treats in particular, you know, where you're looking at freeze dried actual fruits that look like strawberries and bananas. Right. Um, You know, so much science has gone into the hay, which I think is exciting for all of us Idahoans because it's grown here. The Timothy hay, the orchard grass, the alfalfa, it's, you know, here in Washington and Oregon, it's all local, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's fresh. um, It's high quality. You know, we're getting away from those fruit loop looking feeds right right <laughs> and well, they're more designed in a hay you know a natural food for these animals i think what uh what a lot of people maybe know uh is that that small animal hay requirements are different from large animal mm-hmm. you know a cow can eat a portion of a bale of hay if it's moldy uh, and it isn't that big a deal see smaller animals can't handle those mycotoxins and and so the the, the hay has to be of the highest quality and I don't know of a company anymore that doesn't hand pack every bag. Right. You know, so they're looking at a handful mm-hmm. at a time of this stuff going in. So the quality control is really good. And seed heads. And <laughs> I mean, just it, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. We, I, I think before the show, we did the math. I mean, we, we've got a, a, a huge small animal section because people are looking for different. They're looking for little enclosures and things they can hide in that they can also chew on. And, mm-hmm. and, and we've got aisle after aisle of small animal if somebody's got a guinea pig you you and you haven't been into a zamzo store recently you got to get in and, oh, and check it out so <laughs> we're talking about the trends in pet that uh, that Corey and chris and i have seen at, at some of the biggest pet shows in the world over over the last little bit here and we're just talking about trends and 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 all that type of stuff on the zamzo show here uh so so if we go uh, from there, we saw something really cool and actually bought uh, in on the concept of some brand new bedding. 
Because I know when I was in a store, there was a lot of concern. You know, I've got this. Can this particular animal handle cedar? Can they, you know, do they have to have birch or, or, or aspen or all the rest of that? But t- let's talk about the, the, the new bedding, Chris. You, you, uh, you kind of got involved with the bedding first. What, 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 what are we seeing? Absolutely. It's actually a really clean-looking bedding, too. And um, you even use it in your garden bed as a yeah. mulch. And it's a really sharp look to that, too. But the dust in those is a big deal for a lot of these small animals. And we were picking up handfuls of this. It's a hemp bedding. Hemp. Hey, yep, mm-hmm. all hemp. And we were picking up handfuls of it and dropping it from three, four feet and seeing what kind of a dust cloud it left. And it was none. Yeah. Like, literally, it was a very clean and that it's uh, extremely absorbent. I mean, it really does a really good job and, and, and I think lasts longer. You know, just, just uh, a lot of that bedding just gets wet, you know, soaked with urine and other stuff like that. And it just doesn't last. This does a really good job absorbing and, and seems mm. to really last. And all natural product, not treated chemically, no known allergens in any any small animal group so it's one one fits all mm-hmm. you don't have to have a special bedding for one or the other and it locks together really yeah. well so you don't have to worry about slip animals slipping like baby chicks you can't ever use straw because they'll right. slip on it and no concern with this like, i i can tell you uh we're not talking gardening in this uh show but but from a from a gardening perspective it was amazing mulch and we will have it in in all different sizes i mean there's a there's sizes for small animal and larger sizes even for horses uh, or or in a garden format i was using it for just uh, you know, moisture uh, control during the hot summer and also uh, just weed control. Mm-hmm. And I was really, really happy with that hemp bedding. Well, and the rolls of, of woven hemp matting, basically, for chicken coops or, again, you could use in the garden. It was a cool company. Yeah, it's yeah. really cool. And that hemp uh, is a local product. I mean, we think of it's not in Idaho. Some of it was grown in Idaho, some of it in Montana, uh, but uh, but still a local, a regional local product that, uh, that again, I've not seen anywhere. Uh, we're the first in Idaho to have this hemp bedding. And so if you're looking to upgrade your animal's bedding and do something good for the environment at the same time, I mean, that's a wonderful, so much better than grinding up trees. Mm-hmm you know, to put them in your hamster's cages. It's way easier for them to grow that fiber uh, and, and grind it up and use it for this than it is, you know, trees or, or other things, or even paper mulch. Mm-hmm. Which is still trees, yeah. Right, just, yeah. still trees. So if you're looking for a better, more environmentally conscious way to, to do the bedding in your animals, this this new hemp product is going to be great. Uh, I imagine uh, that, uh, that we'll be having that in the stores very soon. We're first in Idaho to get that. So yeah. uh, you're listening uh, to, to us talking about everything that we've seen at these pet shows that's new and cool. Uh, and we'll be back with more right after this break. You're listening to The Zamzo's Show on Newstalk KBY. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on Newstalk KBY. Hi, this is Jim Zamzo, and as you may have heard, right now is the perfect time to give your lawn its late summer feeding. You know, we always tell you the fall feeding is the most important one of the year, but what you may not realize is there's really two fall feedings, one right now and a second and final feeding six weeks later. That's because right now the days are warm, but the nights and mornings are starting to cool down. Your lawn is both recovering and rebuilding from the long hot summer, so it needs nutrients to replace the ones it's used up. But an application of Zamzo's lawn food is just what the doctor ordered and will give your lawn everything it needs to stay green, grow, and rebuild itself to get ready for fall. 
Remember, you can buy Zamzo's lawn food one bag at a time or as part of our lawn program. So don't wait till you run out of fuel to add more. Feed your lawn now with Zamzo's lawn food. Because for 90 years, when it comes to great looking lawns, clear till Thanksgiving. Nobody knows like Zamzo's. We are News Talk KBOI. Welcome back to the Zamzo Show. I'm Joss Zamzo here with Chris Owings and Corey McClymans. And the three of us have been to the biggest pet shows in the country, well, in the world. Uh, and, uh, and we've seen everything that's cool and interesting and new. And we just felt like it would be a, a, a cool show to kind of, you know, let everybody basically come to those shows with us. Let us tell you what we've seen uh, in, in, in various areas. We just finished talking about small animal and what's new in that. Let's shift to cats uh, uh, and and all the things that we saw with cats uh, at, at, at shows. And, and I think the, the most compelling thing that, that, uh, that really hit us, uh, I, I stopped and, uh, to talk with a veterinarian. Uh, she's an East Coast veterinarian uh, who's written a book called The Indoor Cat. And, uh, and you know, I, I introduced myself and we were talking and, and I, you know, I told her I've got a, a couple of cats. And, and she asked me, uh, indoor cats or outdoor cats? And I wasn't sure. I hadn't read her book. Uh, and, and so I was just really honest. And I said, you know, it, it probably isn't very, uh, you know, PC for, for, you know, if that's what you would call it. But but my cats do still go outside. Uh, and I was waiting for a lecture, you know, about how, oh, my goodness, you know, they can get hit by cars. And and she literally stepped forward and hugged me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and I was kind of taken aback. You know, strangers don't reach out and hug you very often. And 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 she started in telling me that she had spent the first she'd been a vet for 40 years. And she said, I spent the first 20 years of my career t- uh, treating mostly outdoor cats. And, and she said, you know, outdoor cats die predictably. Uh, you know, they get hit by a car and they get attacked by dogs and, and, and you know, all kinds of things. And, and, and those were the things that she treated cats for uh, in the first 20 years of her career. Uh, and in the second 20 years of her career, where, where on the East Coast, almost everybody's cats shifted to indoor uh, she said to me, you know, very passionately, she said, cats still die. You know, the, it, it's not that cats don't die anymore. It's just that cats die of different things when they're inside. And, and she was really passionate when she said to me, the diseases that cats die when they're indoor cats are a lot more painful and they're a lot more drawn out. And it's a lot sadder life that the indoor cat lives. Uh, people don't provide, you know, the enrichment. And, and she said to me, you know, a cat might be outside chasing a butterfly and get hit by a car, but they're in their world. They're in their bliss and their eyes are moving around and their ears are constantly moving. And an indoor cat, they just lay around and they get more susceptible. They get organ type of diseases and cancer. And, and she said, it's, the, you know, the kitties still die. They just die of a lot worse diseases. And so she had written the indoor cat book as a way of trying to encourage people to provide enrichment, mm-hmm. to make their lives better. And I think uh, the three of us walked those shows differently after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so her big thing was an indoor cat needs a fresh input daily. Uh, and she recommended like a, a 
getting several lots of different toys and then you know bringing one out and and playing with the cat and then putting that way and getting out a different one changing the smells and we can talk about some of those things but but uh let, let's we've basically reimagined our entire cat toy aisle Corey. Uh, you've been working really hard on this let's talk about what what uh, some of the things you're going to start seeing at zamzos so i'm really excited for this one um it's not in yet, but on the way is an entire refresh of our entire cat toy department. So it's going to be totally different with new things, unique things. You know, the world of cat toys doesn't really change a whole lot. And we found a brand that are well-made, they're high quality, and they're totally different than anything we've right. carried. So you're going to have those different textures. You're going to have the different smells. Some have catnip. Um, we're seeing silver vine in a lot of new toys, right. which is a different plant that, that's really attractive to cats. Um, so we're going to have some of those fun options. Um right. I didn't see, it was one of those walls of toys where I looked at it, having cats, I looked at it, <clears throat> even in our stores, um, in the past, I've looked and you can see toys on the wall and you say, my cats would never play with that. You know, I don't know what they were thinking when they made that, but this wall, you look at it and there's no duds. I mean, it's like every single thing, you know, crinkle tunnels and, and, and like you say, silver vine, which <clears throat> if you haven't exposed your cat to silver vine, it's a totally different effect that it has, but they love the smell, mm. you know, so, you, so any place that you have been putting catnip on something, you can put silver vine on it and, and get a different effect, but also really, you know, uh, it, it really revs up their senses in a totally different way. Uh, so I think that's really cool. So Chris, you, uh, you learned some interesting things about cats and the, and their taste buds and 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 that kind of stuff. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it was actually pretty fascinating to learn that cats really have a lot less taste buds than the average person, right? Or, or animal even. So they're more driven by textures. Like what what's palatable to them is is all by texture. Which interesting. I have a two year old that's very much the same. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so we can all relate to that, but. Uh, it's a big deal whether it's a pate or a mousse or if it's a chunky food or the kibble or or any of that. It can plays a big part in their diet. And if you if you're starting off with a young cat, the key is to introduce them to a lot of textures, so right. that there aren't any textures that uh, that are offensive to them. Uh, and and I think if you think about uh, textures that are vastly different. So if you have a cat that's just between pate, you can. It's easier to transition to a mousse, which is still uh, a smooth texture, but maybe not as dense, uh, versus a shred, which might be like meat pieces or whatever that feels very differently in their mouth. But but if you if you've got that cat that's been exposed, then again, back to the veterinarian's point, you're introducing them to different food sources you know a cat outside might eat a mouse or a bird or uh or or whatever a, a snake or a moth mm -hmm. uh, right. and they're and it's varying all the time for them uh in, you know in a wild format and and trying to replicate that with the food that they get so it's not just the same kibble with the same treat or or whatever some are crunchy some are soft it's probably my favorite part about these shows is we've spent years in the pet industry talking about picky cats, and it turns out they're not. You right. Know what I mean? <laughs> not flavor picky. Yeah. yeah right. But, to, you know, texture sensitive. And, and to, just to understand that. And and I think um, I think when I think about uh, people I know who have super picky cats, uh, they, ju they just write it off and they quit trying. Uh, instead of thinking of it as an, an enrichment, 
you know, that's like, oh, I only buy uh, Frisky's pate uh, because that's what my cats will eat. And, and instead of thinking about it, I'm going to introduce the cats to something slightly different just for enrichment purposes. Even if they just eat a little bit and they, they pick over it, it still is something do, new. It still is, is uh, raising their senses up and making them think about you know what's going on. It's not just that standard thing all mm-hmm. the time. And I think the same thing is true with treats. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so so from there, um, we 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 saw a lot of cat litter products, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's kind of interesting. You can find almost anything turned into cat litter mm-hmm. uh, for for litter boxes. Let's talk about some of that stuff, Corey. What did you see? Uh, so we've got some natural ones that we just got in that are they're basically like pea husks, yeah, recycled pea husks. So they're natural, but they're again not a wood product. Um, totally sustainable, um, mm-hmm. really soft, really attractive to the cats. There's that plant aspect to it. Uh, another one we brought in a year ago, and I thought this was totally groundbreaking, is it's basically a health indicator right. cat litter. And depending on if the cat's got urinary tract issues or kidney issues, it'll literally change this litter to a different color and let you know that, hey, it's time to take my cat to the vet. Right. And I, I love it. I love it for that, especially people have a tendency to know. They say, well, looks like my dog is struggling a little bit and they're not sure if they should take him to the vet or not. This is a perfect middle step. I mean, you're, you're, uh, the cat seems to be fine, but maybe there's a thing to be able to get some diagnostic litter, put it down and then just see, okay, yeah, that, that is a thing or, or no, it wasn't a thing and, and be able to know that's super helpful. And cats show you a lot less when something's wrong. And typically when something's wrong, they start going outside of the litter box, which is on your carpet, on your furniture. But if you can catch it while they're still using the litter box before it's a big deal, how huge is that? Right. Now, uh, speaking of of litter boxes, I learned uh, about cats being able to see ultraviolet. Were you there at that booth, Chris, Mm -hmm. when we were talking about that? Let's talk talk about that that, that process because it's, you know, know, eye-opening for me. Yeah, definitely, and it's a crazy thing to even watch and and go through their slides when they were showing us that, but how that illuminates in their eyesight and it's an attractant to them. They're they're very driven towards it, but adding some of that to the litter so they know very clearly where where to do their business. And it explains, you know, dogs are so sensitive to smell, and they're smelling where urine might be, but you ever had a cat that sprays? I mean, they can literally see it. If you've ever gone around with a with a black light and see that glow, you're like, oh, that's why they keep coming back to that same spot to spray. It, it's it stands up, you know, it's obvious to them. And uh, and then this is just a recent study that they understand. So some really high end litters actually have little dots of things that attract them ultraviolet to the litter, so that they know uh, where to be using it. So so we're talking everything cool in the pet world that we've seen at the biggest trade shows in the world this summer. And, and, uh, and so we, we've got a little bit more on cat, but we still have dog and aquarium and reptile left. And, uh, so it's time for us to take a break. Um, we'll, after this, we'll get to more. Uh, you're listening to the Zamzo show on news talk KBOI. The Zamzo's garden show will be back right here on news talk KBOI. Hi, this is Callie Zamzo, and it's actually pretty normal for most Treasure Valley lawns to have at least one bad spot that needs to be replanted. But not to worry, because when it comes to planting turf grass in the high desert, nobody knows like Zamzo's. 
And right now, we're seeing a lot of customers with dead spots in their lawn that they want to fix. Well, if this sounds like you, come see us at Zamzo's. We carry our own special blends of grass seed, which were designed to do well in our area. In fact, our Zamzo's Custom Blend has three types of seed and does well in both cool and hot weather. We also have a special mix for shady and play areas, and even a drought-tolerant blend that saves water. Remember, buying an annual grass seed that won't come back next year, or one designed to work in another climate, is not going to fix your problem. Plus, all Zamzo's grass seeds are available both by the bag or in bulk, so you save money by buying only what you need. So if you're planting grass seed, plant it now with help from us at Zamzo's. Nobody knows like Zamzo's. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Welcome back to the Zamzo Show. Chris and Corey and I, I'm John Zamzo, and, and, and Chris Owings and Corey uh, McClymans and I have been to every big pet show in the country, and we're talking about whatever's cool and interesting in the industry, and, and we kind of finished up with, with cats. We were talking about that a little bit with cats, uh, some of the products that we have for cats spraying, and what about some of the new uh, pheromone uh, calming products that we saw? Tons of those, ones that you can use as a spray, which actually attract the cat to that area. Mm -hmm. um, some that are like a room diffuser, you just plug them right into the wall. And those pheromones are a natural, like, mother cat calming pheromone. Right. Which, again, not only calms the cat down, but really attracts them, which I like if you've got guests over. Yeah. You can plug this in a, in a safe room where they're not going to be bothered, and it's going to attract them right to that area and calm them down. Yeah. More groundbreaking than that, I think, is the company we ran into, Austin and Cat. Yeah. Yeah, no question. We brought in that full line, but the cat products I've been feeding, uh, amazing how, the, and, and we had Cat Donatello on a previous show uh, just talking about CBD, and we, our focus was primarily dog CBD, but, but I think people who've got a cat, especially if you've got multiple cats or new cats joining your family, uh, the, the addition of CBD with CBDA, some of those oils, uh, uh, help a cat just bring down the anxiety level mm -hmm. and it does prevent a lot of that anxiety spraying or or territorial marking and whatnot it, it just settles them down without it's not druggy at all um it you know doesn't make them feel weird or or you know sleep all the time or whatever just just settles them down and uh, and that's a great solution to that and it's a great transition Corey, because <laughs> because we do want to transition into uh, all the things that we saw in dog and uh, and I think you know uh, there is so much value in the CBD side of it. And you see, I saw gobs of products, uh, and and to be honest, and sadly, most of them not very good. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of junk still. Uh, products that are that are made just so that the label looks good, or they're made just to be cheap. Uh, and we thought a lot of that was had kind of washed out. But the reality is. Um, there's still, there's still a lot of big companies, and and they're they're taking, uh, you know, a couple of drops of CBD in a giant batch, and uh, and calling that a, a CBD product when there really isn't any active in there. And uh, if it's done well, uh, CBD can be really powerful mm -hmm. in a lot of different things. So we've got some treats and 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 some of that stuff coming that are really good. Uh, I know, Chris, you spent an awful lot of time looking at a new dog toy called Bionic. <laughs> right. Let's, t let's talk about this dog, this Bionic dog toy that you saw. 
Yeah, when I was working in the stores, it's probably the most common thing customers said when they were there is that I don't buy dog toys. My dog just destroys them. Mm-hmm. I get maybe 30 seconds of fun, and then it goes straight into the trash. Well, I'd like to meet the dog that can destroy this bionic dog toy. <laughs> there, you know, he had balls and frisbees made out of kind of a rubber thing, so a bouncy ball or a yeah. frisbee to play fetch with. All but they the weren't interactive. rubber. They weren't rubber. Right. Right. And... um to show how strong they were, they actually dropped them into like a commercial grade blender. Yeah, like a Vitamix. <laughs> yeah, like a Vitamix. <laughs> they put the dog toy in a Vitamix. It was full of water, dropped the ball in, so it was bouncing, hitting the blades, and they pulled it out, and not a mark, not a scuff. Didn't like, cut it or anything. It was unbelievable. No. Unbelievable. Even the thin ones that was sort of like a Frisbee, they couldn't, they, you couldn't pull it apart or tear it or puncture it. Right. Yeah, even the Frisbee, he was putting under a leather punch. And, right. and smashing it, and it wouldn't punch it a hole in it, and it wouldn't cut. Yes, and it, yes. what was he was calling it a crosslink polymer or something, something like that. Really, is totally different technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you never never seen that before, and and certainly, uh, I mean, like you say that that's. And Corey has a big dog. I mean, <laughs> you feel that pain. Corey's got a big Rottweiler mm-hmm. that eats things, right? So I can't uh, wait to try one of these. Right. Yeah. So those are called Bionic, uh, and, and that was super cool. What about, uh, I, I, you know, that especially the show that we were recently at called Super Zoo, a good chunk of that, of that show in Las Vegas is pet food. Mm-hmm. I mean, God, I mean, like every brand of pet food. That you can possibly imagine is there, with the exception, not a lot of grocery store brands. This is more of a, a serious pet, you know, type product show. Uh, but but I uh, I was blown away by what I'd call the race to the top. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's uh, everything that you can imagine: exotic proteins, uh, you know. And, and and treatments of those exotic proteins and and I think here's the here's the way I would describe it to you. One company in this industry will come out and say, uh, you know, we've got a new capybara dog food, right? It's using you know, the large rodents from South America, so you you should feed your dog capybara because it's good for this and this. And then you come back six months later, and somebody will say, oh well, capybara meat is okay, but capybara organ meat is really the very best of the best and uh, and then six months later somebody comes in and says yeah but capybara meat cooked in a traditional way is no good <laughs> our capybara is prepared by a chef right in a in a food grade facility and then somebody would come back and say ours is prepared in france by a french chef in a traditional french fashion uh, so that the capybara meat has the right essence uh, for enrichment right and it just keeps going over and over and over again, and and I, 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 I let's talk about this alternative proteins. Is Corey was uh, you spent a good amount of time in the black soldier fly booth? Mm-hmm. Yeah, literally making dog food out of black soldier fly larvae. You know, yeah. which is it's unique and it's probably pretty great for the environment, but. That's a that's a pretty strange trend. I don't know? know if people will be ready for that in Idaho. Cricket foods we saw. Right. Um, Pet foods made out of crickets completely. Mm-hmm. We have treats made out of crickets. Yeah, we do. Uh, called Jiminy's. The, mm-hmm. the dogs seem to really like them. And, and uh, of course, you, you're environmentally friendly. Uh, what, what are some of the other things? We saw... We saw some really, uh, I think, pretty good quality products from New Zealand. What were some of the retails 
on on some of those bags. Oh, I think you were close to two hundred dollars for a twenty pound bag. Yeah, twenty pound bag of some of these exotic protein. Two hundred dollars. I mean, we we smile, uh, and and it is just that that consumer. They say, "I love my pet," right? This is like my my child. But what the way they're showing their love is by by spending more and more and more on pet food. Uh, and we've seen this. This is not a brand new trend. Mm-hmm. I mean, it may be getting more extreme, uh, but I smile to myself because, you know, you've got you have, you have the freezer full of, of good products that, that feed well and, and all these exotic proteins. And uh, and and our number one seller at Zamzo's by far. I mean, is it is it by double, Corey? It's it's, it's close. Pretty close to the the, the next closest uh, product is half the volume is our Idaho fish and potato. Yep. Very high quality product, but it isn't capybara meat made by a French chef, right? I mean, it, it's this is reasonably priced, but very very high quality, and it's why it's our top seller. I mean, uh, Idahoans, uh, we don't have to have it made by a French chef to be good. Uh, and people just feed it and they see how great their dog is doing. Well, so Idaho trout and Idaho potatoes. Right. Right. So local and all the rest of that. So we've got a lot more. We got a lot more in dog and, and we haven't even gotten to aquarium or any of the other cool stuff that we saw. So uh, again, you're listening to a pre-recorded uh, Zamzo show with Corey and Chris and I are talking about everything cool. We've seen it at the pet shows uh, this year and we'll be back right after this break. You're listening to the Zamzo show on News Talk KBOI. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk KBOI. Hi, this is Josh Zamzo here with my sister Callie. And excuse me while I swat this fly. You missed him. Yeah, that's been the story of my life. What's up with all these flies, Callie? It's insane. They're everywhere. I had them too and tried using a fly swatter, but Zamzo's has super effective traps and safe sprays that kill flies by the thousands. Speaking of which, here's another one. You missed him. Yeah, there's got to be a better way. There is. Just pick up one of our traps that draw them into a sticky surface. Zamzo's also has a new line of repellents that use natural oils. And since we both have kids and pets, I don't want to use sprays inside, but what about outside? Zamzo's has traps and sprays for outdoors, too. And a concentrated spray that works well in barns and horse stables. That's what Dad needs at his ranch. So if you're like my brother... Joss, put down that fly swatter and buzz in to your nearest Zamzos. We have stores everywhere so you can do it on the fly. Which is a lot more than what you're doing with that fly swatter. Nobody knows like Zamzos. We are News Talk KBOI. Good morning. Thank you for joining us so far. We, we've uh, This is the Zamzo Show, and we're talking about all of the coolest things that we've seen at, at the biggest pet stores in the world. Uh, the three of us, Corey and Chris and I, have, have been, and, and we were in the middle of talking about dog, and... Uh, and and anybody that's been into a pet store recently have seen you know the the huge growth in frozen and and frozen raw you know and and you hear discussion on the radio about brands that uh, farmers dog and 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 that type of stuff uh, but but uh, you bumped into to a company that's doing something really unique and 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 you've convinced us that that it's a thing and the stores are are ready to roll with it now let's talk about a pup above so a pup above is a really cool company they're out of austin and tech austin texas right. um they started by cooking their own dog food and what they do different is they don't do raw food right they take food and basically seal it up in bone broth and its own juices um fruits vegetables uh and they sous vide cook it 
Right. So it's cooked really gently. The nutrition actually stays in. All that moisture is where the, the nutrition goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's not necessarily raw. So if you're worried about pathogens or bacteria, right. it's not something you have to worry about. It's cooked, but it's cooked like we would cook it. Right. You know, exactly. for ourselves, which I think is really exciting. Well, and, and you know, it's it, it you know, the reality is, uh, you know, raw is a big movement, you know, mm-hmm. and and, uh, and there's a lot of people that they're are all in on raw and i get that concept uh one of the things we also learned is uh, the human race is that when we cook proteins they become more usable uh and uh and so even though uh, wolves don't cook elk meat when they find it if they knew how they probably would Mm -hmm. because the elk meat is more available if it's cooked uh and this really gently cooking it in its own juices so that that stuff doesn't wash away kind of takes away the downside of cooking it Mm mm-hmm and I, uh, I think, you know, we saw a, a bowl full of this product, you know, it had been pulled out of the, of the package and defrosted uh, and, and in the bowl. And literally, all, all I could think was this is what people imagine when they when they buy a frozen raw product, this is what they think they're getting. Uh, uh, but but most frozen products don't look anything like that defrosted. Yeah, they're kind of a grayish pink. <laughs> right. You know, they're in kibble chunks or bars or right. cubes. You know, really unnatural looking. Uh huh. This, this looked and smelled like something I'd eat. Literally has peas in it and and you know mm-hmm. chunks of stuff that you recognize. Uh, I was blown away mm-hmm. at the and it smells good even to people. I mean, there's not that thing of ooh, this is dog food that you get sometimes when you open a can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it smelled better than chicken noodle soup. Right. I mean, really, it was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. And so we've got that product in in freezers in all the stores. That's uh, that's a pup above, and I'm super excited about that one as well. Uh, so from dog, let's let's shift so that we get a chance to talk about what's new in aquarium. And if you're listening to this and you don't have a fish tank, you're probably one of those people who used to have one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I what I have to just say out loud is aquariums are back. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're seeing it in the stores. We saw it at the show. Um, People want fish tanks again, but what they want is changing a little bit. You know, they don't want just an old 55 on an ugly old press board stand uh, with an under gravel filter that makes noise and always has algae. These things are getting really clean. They're getting super easy to, to work with. Uh, and and let's, let's talk with what we're seeing in filtration. I mean, tons of things that are different in filtration. So the new thing and and something I'll never go back from are canister filters. Right. They're incredible. They fit underneath the tank, inside the furniture, so you don't even see them. Mm -hmm. All you have is a tube pulling water out and a tube putting water back in. So it's all done outside of the tank. The area for the beneficial bacteria is huge. Right. Uh, And the the media that, you know, the the things you can put inside to actually filter that water, you can customize to whatever problem you have. If you have ammonia, you can put stuff in there for that. You know, if if it's carbon you need there's areas for that i mean they're really a all-in-one easiest solution you'll ever find for fish tanks and for me and i've got two tanks with canister filters i mean they get opened they get opened quarterly 
Mm-hmm. I mean, this is not something that you're messing with. I mean, you're just leaving them up there. If you've had uh, a different kinds of filters that you're constantly screwing around with, constantly buying cartridges for, these aren't that. They're just super easy. And, and we've got uh, a lot of different styles. We're kind of coming back in, uh, joining the fray. And, and uh, you know, you go to, go to a lot of major retailers, there's still just that 10-gallon aquarium without any of the technology. And, and those are the ones that people went away from because they were so much work. Mm-hmm. But it's really changed. My canister filter is unique where it's actually got a heater inside. So the water comes out evenly sprayed across the whole tank warm. There's yeah. no warm pockets or cold. You don't have that extra cord coming out. We found some hang on the back filters that have the same thing. They've got the heater inside. Mm-hmm. So you're getting that good even heat. Um, again, it's way less mess, way less cordage. Right. Um, and just a really neat way to do it. And the company's awesome. Yeah. Just- I, I, I think. Uh, one of my favorite features, these are Awasa is the brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite features is one filter size. So if you have a huge tank, you might ha- you might put three filters in it. Uh, and if you have a smaller tank, you might just put one, but it's the same size filter. Mm-hmm. You don't, you're not always over there saying, do I need size A or F or G or which, you know, I mean, it's just simple. Mm-hmm. It's one size fits all. Uh, and, and those are super amazing, really quiet European design. Mm-hmm. So, so that, that, that old, uh, and available in different colors and sleek looking, you know, right. they look new and modern. And I think most, you know, crazy fish people like you and I, we have more than one tank. I right. have three in my office. So that right, filter right. thing is huge. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. It really does. And and speaking of that, people are people are bringing fish tanks back. They're putting them on their desk mm-hmm. at work with a with a beta floating them in, a, in them, or or their uh, kid in college is putting a beta as their pet. You know, mm-hmm. uh, because the the new filtration and, and whatnot is so much easier. It's not. It doesn't require the same amount of input that 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 we used to have to do mm-hmm. so let's talk about uh some of the food that we've seen uh in fish that's that's changed quite a bit and randomly it's another german company but uh we found this fish food called sarah that's coming in that's supposed to be the the best on the market right I and mean, they've got crazy technology in it they've got basic foods to really really complex you know depending on where you're at in the hobby they've even got snacks that stick to the side of your tank mm-hmm. and we'll sit there for 30 minutes and just a treat more for the fish so it's again enrichment for these animals that we really haven't had a way to interact with that i'm pretty excited about right mm-hmm. so chris being being our resident plant expert you're a planted tank guy uh so let, let's talk about what what are people doing with planted tanks i mean you Right, I think that's where a ton of the innovations coming in is these people want that piece of art sitting in their living room. We're getting away from the plastic, you know, little uh, treasure chests that are blowing bubbles right. and all that. They want that piece of art in there. So uh, these planted tanks are huge and they're gorgeous. Right, they're, I mean, it's it's not. I mean, th- these are these are these are tanks where the plants actually grow, g- grow, I mean, and yeah, people struggled before. They uh, put up have a really deep tank with a with a poor quality light just didn't work but now it does exactly yeah those tube style lighting just didn't offer everything that plant needed and now there's led full spectrum lights that you can put on the top that i mean they'll do everything when i say full spectrum you can really focus it on getting those plants to flower or you can go to the other end of the spectrum and do the growth you can even set it for a thunderstorm right daytime settings and nighttime settings and these things come with a remote that's bigger than a, a tv and the, the programmability of these is huge. And we've got so, those in stock. Those are those are available. And we yeah. didn't even get into the brand new CO2 canisters that, that we've got that use a champagne yeast. 
uh, that that put CO2 in to really help the the plants thrive. And so I think moral of the story is if you're if you used to have a fish tank and you're just thinking about it, you got to come in and see see what's cool and different and new. Uh, we got a lot of things for that fish hobbyist because because aquariums are definitely back. Uh, we felt that all, all over. So I, I, I want to thank you guys for uh, not only for, for uh, going with me on those shows. We had a lot of fun at those shows, but also joining me here on the radio show. And, and uh, we, we, we're glad we got a chance to share all this stuff and encourage everybody to come into Zamzo's and let us show you in person what we saw at the shows. And we'd be happy to do that. Uh, you've been listening to the Zamzo's show on News Talk KBOI. Hi, this is Jim Zamzo, and as you may have heard, right now is the perfect time to give your lawn its late summer feeding. You know, we always tell you the fall feeding is the most important one of the year, but what you may not realize is there's really two fall feeding, one right now and a second and final feeding six weeks later. That's because right now the days are warm, but the nights and mornings are starting to cool down. Your lawn is both recovering and rebuilding from the long hot summer, so it needs nutrients to replace the ones it's used up. But an application of Zamzo's lawn food is just what the doctor ordered and will give your lawn everything it needs to stay green, grow, and rebuild itself to get ready for fall. Remember, you can buy Zamzo's lawn food one bag at a time or as part of our lawn program. So don't wait till you run out of fuel to add more. Feed your lawn now with Zamzo's lawn food. Because for 90 years, when it comes to great-looking lawns, clear till Thanksgiving. Nobody knows. 